everyone. Welcome to So Good Sisterhood. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and my husband Todd and I pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. The So Good Sisterhood is a podcast that is all about investing in every girl from every generation. It's this opportunity to have relevant conversations every single month about living intentionally, leading confidently, and loving generously. And hopefully it will leave you saying, that was so good. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the So Good Sisterhood podcast, and I am so excited that we are back for season three. Hey, just a reminder that if this episode leaves you saying, that was so good, don't forget to like or subscribe so that you don't miss one single episode with us. We can't wait to connect with you. There's also a group guide in the show notes so you can get together with some friends and just continue the conversation. Okay, so let's jump in to today's conversation. I am so thrilled because I have two very very special friends with me today, an amazing mom and daughter duo, incredible advocates for fighting against human trafficking and abuse, and that's barely scratching the surface of what they do through the organization that these two amazing women lead. I have Maritza and Natalie Hernandez with us who started and lead Children's Impact Network. And so many are going to be so excited that you're on this episode because you have friends everywhere here at Christ Fellowship (laughs) and around the world, really. So I can't wait to jump into our conversation. But Natalie and Maritza, we actually met in person about eight, eight and a half years ago. Uh But actually, I knew so much about you before I ever met you because so many of our mutual friends had been on the mission field with you or short-term mission trips or supporting children through Children's Impact Network, also known as CIN. But you guys are very well-known in around the church here, and you guys have been plugged in at our Royal Palm Campus. And I remember meeting you in the hallway, in person for the first time. I went, that's who everybody's talking about. And I think what I was so blown away about is that you guys were doing such a powerful work. But since we had never met in person, you had never asked for anything, right? You'd never asked for anything from the church. We just kept hearing word of mouth of, of what you were doing. And as soon as we had that conversation, we got in the car and we were like, First of all, we have to be friends with these people, right? These are, these are our people. And, and then secondly, what can we do to be able to support all that they are doing? Oh, wow. <laughs> well, we are just, you know, so blessed. You know, Christ Fellowship, you are our family. And mm-hmm. I say that from the bottom of my heart. And, and we felt that from day one, mm-hmm. you know, when we came. And, and I don't even know if you knew this, Pastor Julie, but, you know, one of the reasons why we were kind of quiet is because my husband, John, was going through some health problems. And, mm-hmm. and we just, we came and we were so fed and yeah. and so blessed, you know, mm-hmm. from the church, you know, from day one and really felt at home mm-hmm. and really felt like this this is it. This is family. Aww. So thank you. I, thank you so much. I love that. And you guys have been family. You were in the church years before we ever, ever actually knew, you know, everything that you were doing. But Marissa, you and I actually got a little bit more connected yeah. on our first trip together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I have so many beautiful memories, you know, but one 
that always you know comes to mind when I, when I think of Pastor Julie is when we were on the mission field and we were getting ready to have a women's conference and there was about 400 women just sitting and, and just eagerly waiting to hear the word of God. And all of a sudden there was no electricity and it was so hot in that place. And I remember seeing the women pick up their chairs and just walk across this property, walking mm-hmm. over to another location, trying to see if there was electricity anywhere else on right. the property. And there wasn't. And I remember all of us just dripping sweat, you know, and I remember Pastor Julie reading the scriptures and me flashing a flashlight <laughs> over the scriptures and the women all sitting in these chairs, just looking, you know, to receive from the Lord. And I remember Pastor Julie never, never just, never even blinking. She was there to deliver a message mm-hmm. and it didn't matter what obstacles got in the way, she was sent from God. And I loved seeing that passion in Pastor Julie and just seeing the, the same love that she shows all of us sisters here uh, at Christ Fellowship, she shows around the world to mm-hmm. other women as well. And I went back home and I said to my husband, she is the real deal. <laughs> and and from that day forward, wow. I just knew, you know, that's my sister. And, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been on a few more trips, but a couple yes. of things stood out about that, that experience because I remember that day very well. First of all, <laughs> that those women carrying their chairs yes. across a, a cow pasture yes. to be able through to get us through it over a fence, through a cow pasture mm-hmm. into another building. And I just thought their hunger and I thought, wow, yes. you know, would we do the same? I mean, sometimes if it's drizzling yeah. outside, yes, we right. can't make it to church or sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's the littlest thing, but they were so hungry and many of them yes. had already driven hours. But the second thing I remember was this was August. It was hot. <laughs> and I yes. have no idea why. I, this was one of my first mission trips. And I don't know why, but I wanted to make sure, you know, I was dressed appropriately. So I wore a <laughs> denim jacket over my sleeveless dress. And for some weird reason, I was wearing Spanx that day. Can't even explain it. But I'm telling you what, I was so, I was sweating so much underneath that, mm-hmm. I mean, literally, I have never been, I think I lost five pounds <laughs> while I was preaching, but I looked over Aww. and some of our girls from the team literally were falling asleep. They were on the floor. They had fallen asleep because yeah. the heat, it was like heat exhaustion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Natalie, you told me, you told me something you had never yeah. shared before about that. It was uh, one lady from Honduras who actually, you know, she fell on the floor and we thought, you know, maybe she was slain in the spirit, but it turns out that (laughs) it was heat exhaustion. And so we had to make a quick hospital visit for that one. (laughs) And she's all fine. So we can laugh about it now because she's she's fine. She survived. So I just, I I love that. So that was one of my most embarrassing (laughs) mission moments. But I'm going to ask you guys in a little bit um, some of your embarrassing stories, but get ready, okay? Um, Because we're going to go there. But I do want to take some time just to ask you ladies to share a little bit about Children's Impact Network and how how it all began. So Marissa, why don't you jump in with that? Amen. Well, my husband, John, and I, we started in the inner cities of Miami, and we were there bringing the gospel to children that were otherwise not able to go to church. And we did that for about eight years, and it was going great, and many children and their moms and dads, many drug dealers Mm -hmm. were even coming to the Lord. And after that, you know, we started to really feel a tug in our spirit that the Lord was going to call us to an international work. And a missionary came to visit and saw our programs 
that we were doing in the inner city. And they said, please, will you consider praying about Cochabamba, Bolivia? And we had never heard of Cochabamba, but we began to just bathe it in prayer and a lot of fasting and decided to take a trip there. And while we were there, we saw something that we had never seen in all of our years of ministry. We had done a lot of ministry and we had seen a lot of poverty and and just a lot of need around the world. But here we saw a little boy that was no older than maybe two years old, wow. and he grabbed onto my husband's pant leg, and he just he was begging for food, and he was begging for something to keep him warm because it was cold there that evening. And and we looked around and we said, surely there has to be a mother, there has to be a father somewhere. He's he's just a little boy. And we looked around and there was absolutely no one. Mm-hmm. And that really, really, you know, broke our hearts because we had already gone there. We had already done trainings there. We had, you know, taught people how to reach their communities and a lot of work. But at the end of the day, the Lord was asking us, what are you going to do about it? Wow. So we began to um, just really realize that these children needed a place. And we said, well, let's uh, let's start the Sidewalk Sunday School Ministry there in Cochabamba, Bolivia. And we did, and we staffed it. We had the truck. We were taking the gospel to all of these different villages. But at the end of the day, the kids still needed a home. So John and I said, well, you know what? Maybe let's start with four or five little boys and and let's uh, rescue them and give them a home. And, and at least we'll make a difference in those four or five lives. But that's when the Lord just started to open up such huge doors. And people started to find out about what we were doing. Mm. And people started contacting us from the north and the south and the east and the west. It was such a God thing, much bigger than anything that we could have (laughs) ever done on our own strength. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we started seeing that God really wanted to do something much bigger. And, right. and we started construction in that building in Bolivia. And it's a huge building. If you stand in front of it one day, you'll see it looks like you're standing in front of a high school or something. And, mm-hmm. and uh, what we do is we rescue children that are abandoned, abused, and neglected. And these children, they come off of the streets. And they have, I mean, many of them, we don't know their, their real age or anything about them when they come to us. And we actually have to take them to doctors and dentists. And we have to ask specialists to give us an idea from x-rays of what their age is. And, wow. and uh, these kids, you know, they're just, they're, they're rescued and their lives, you know, begin to change, you know, one, one child at a time. The mm-hmm. Lord just begins to rewrite their stories. Um, many of the store owners in, in these areas would say to us in the beginning, they would say, what are you doing? You know, these, these kids that you're helping, you know, they're, we refer to them as disposables. And we said, what? Disposables? Like something like wow. a, a plastic fork that you would use and then throw away? Wow. No, these are God's children mm-hmm. and He doesn't see them that way. And so we began this work and, and, and the Lord has been so faithful throughout the years. And that's just one of the homes and we'll share about others, <laughs> yeah. you know. <laughs> yes. but, uh, but, but God, we give God all the glory because wow. we've had friends front row seats of, of just seeing God <laughs> mm-hmm. change lives that the world might yeah. have thought that were just abandoned and that there wasn't anyone that cared for them. Wow. But God, the, the creator, yes. cared for them and yes. had a plan and a purpose mm-hmm. and turned their story around. I, I, that's so beautiful because don't you just love just our God? Yes. That He chooses to partner with us. Yes. And when you said yes to the one little boy 
that was tugging on John's pant leg. When you said it was the seed of everything that we see today. I mean, that's, we have a God of, of multiplication, right? And, you know, when I I think about that, you know, that it it was the seed to all that we see. So tell me a little bit now of what you're seeing as the fruit in Bolivia. And then Natalie, maybe you can share just a little bit more about the scope of what Children's Impact Network is doing today. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, yes, we, we are so excited because now John and I have been married for 30 years and we have three biological kids of our own Mm -hmm. and hundreds of others that call us Mama Marissa and Papa John. And Mm -hmm. we've been able throughout the years just to see so much fruit and uh, kids that that now are graduating from the Bible Institute in Argentina who are becoming pastors and missionaries. And we have some kids that are on staff now with us and they're missionaries (laughs) helping Mm -hmm. the younger children grow Mm -hmm. up to be godly men and women. And so there's just so much fruit now. I feel like when when you when you stay planted, you get mm-hmm. to enjoy later the fruit, you know, of of your labor and I the fruit it. of all that God is doing. So we're just so grateful to the mm-hmm. Lord because we know that it, it, it's all Him and it's mm-hmm. all for His glory, and, mm-hmm. and He's just done so much. Yeah, and I think one of the most special things is that it all began just as a step of faith. Yeah, and yeah. you know, sometimes people think it. Uh, is this huge idea or this huge dream. And really, it's just small steps of obedience mm-hmm. that Amen. lead to such amazing things mm-hmm. being done for God's kingdom. Um, but now we're in Bolivia, Honduras, and we have two orphanages in Chile. And over the years, we've had hundreds of kids come through our life centers. And the neat part is, yeah. like, we've already seen one generation grow up, and they are, you know, studying. They have families. They're getting married. But we still have kids at our life centers who are five. And mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, just dreaming and thinking about what is going to come in their lives and how much God still has ahead for them. And there's Mm -hmm. still so much to be done. And it's just the beginning. And one of our core verses at CIN is James 127. And it says, pure and genuine religion is this, to care for the orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. And I think one of the neatest things is that God calls us to care for them in their weakest moments. And He allows us to be a part of that. And we actually get to see the transformation right before our eyes. And so we know at CIN that God has called us to a work. And we know that there's still so much to do. And it's just the beginning of all that God has in store. And so that's really exciting for us. I love it. So Natalie, so with all of that, how many homes do you now have and what else are you guys doing as you head into the summer? Yes. So we have um, the Bolivia Life Center Orphanage. We have the Honduras Life Center Orphanage. And then we actually have two orphanages in Chile. Um, and this summer, we're so excited because we have lots of mission teams coming up, um, especially our sisterhood Ooh, trip. Yep. We're so excited mm-hmm. for Can't that wait. one, going to Honduras. <laughs> um, but we're so excited for all that God is going to do this summer. That's awesome. I love that. And I never get tired of hearing the why and the impact behind CIN. Um, you guys have made such a difference, and you're continuing to make a difference in the lives of so many kids. And and I'm always just amazed and honored, really, to, to know you ladies and your family and the way that you have fought, right? That you have fought and cared for the orphans and the widows. Like God told us in that scripture, Natalie, that you just read. And and in this season of our podcast, we're actually taking the challenge to go deeper into our commitment to Jesus and our calling to walk as fully devoted disciples. And a big part of, of that calling really is 
uh, the mandate from James one twenty seven yeah. that pure religion is before God is that we would care for for those who cannot care for themselves and and it's it's where we get the sisterhood code right. that as a sisterhood we write wrongs and we rewrite stories yeah. and Amen. you you guys just live out this code you've been doing this in your personal life and through the ministry of CIN and I I just wanted today to take a, a time to dive a little deeper into this code and the idea that we're called to write wrongs and to rewrite stories. And I said this in the last episode, and I'll continue to say it, that, that this isn't just for our sisterhood. You know, this is, this is scriptural, right? It's a call for everyone in relationship with Christ mm-hmm. to be able to care for those who cannot care for themselves. Um, but it's going to look different for all of us. And yeah. um, so, Natalie, you know, we heard the backstory of, of how your parents, you know, jumped into to launching this ministry and what saying yes meant to them. But I'd love to hear a little bit about your story because now you have stepped into full-time work in this ministry. So I'd love to hear what your yes looked like. Sure. So I kind of joke that I was born into it a little bit because (laughs) literally from the time I was in the womb, uh, missions and ministry is kind of all I have ever known. But I remember being in college and being in that season where you're kind of figuring out what it is that you want to do and who it is that you want to be and how you want to make a mark on the world and really being in that season. And I loved education, so I was studying to be a teacher but I was like sitting in the classroom and feeling this tug to ministry. And in that time of just praying and seeking the Lord, I really feel like He helped me realize my two greatest passions that are really the church and missions. Mm. And I had grown up here at Christ Fellowship. I loved, honestly, the community that I built here um, are some of my best friends in the whole entire world. And I look back and I'm just so thankful for the the ways that I have been able to serve and the ways that I've been plugged in and the ways that it has changed yeah. my life. And then I had missions that I grew up doing and loved so much. And I really felt like these are my two passions. What can I do that would allow me to be part of both? And I remember feeling like it was such a crazy idea in my own head, but that's totally how God works because He makes things that are your dreams and your passions and things that He has put on your heart just work. And what I get to do today is those two things. I get to help bridge the gap with Mm -hmm. church and missions, and I get to help lead mission teams and plan mission teams. And it's just honestly the best of both worlds. And (laughs) I couldn't have dreamt of anything better or Mm -hmm. uh, more fitting for what God had really laid on my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's been really special. Pastor Julie always says one of your favorite things is introducing (laughs) your favorite people to your favorite people. And I feel like I get to do that all the time, and it's just honestly the greatest joy. I love that. I love that, you know, when we trust in the Lord with all our heart and we don't lean on our own understanding, acknowledge Him in all our ways, then He's going to direct our path, right? And so that's what He did. You didn't have to choose. Right. You just trusted Him. And, you know, I I, I watch you, Natalie, and I go, you know, this is really an example of being planted in the house of the Lord and flourishing, like Psalm 92 says. You know, both of your passions fuel each other. Yeah. Right? Your, Your 
your passion for missions has fueled our church and a generation mm-hmm. of young people that love yes. are thinking beyond themselves. And then your your passion for um, for the church has just been such a blessing to not just you know not the the your passion for church, not just Christ Fellowship, but you know you're actually hosting trips for churches all over the country. Right. You know, and you're actually planting seeds into their church, especially yeah. you know this next generation of of helping them to think outside themselves and give right. themselves to something that is greater than themselves. And Amen. you know, and Marissa, I also I also think about the fact that um, that God has a way of birthing some of His most beautiful work out of seasons of pain. He yes. does replace beauty for the ashes in our life. And this is really your testimony and a huge yes. part of the CIN story. And so I'd love for you to share a little sure. bit about that. Sure. I grew up in, in a very strict Cuban sheltered Catholic home. <laughs> and uh, at a very young age, I was married and I made that choice and it took me on a very hard road and a road that I really didn't know anything about. And it ended up in, in a tragedy, a car accident, a death. And I just look back and I, I see God's hand because four months prior to that, a lady whom I never met invited my brother and I to go to a church in Fort Lauderdale at the time, Christian Life Center. And I began going to that church four months before this accident occurred. Mm-hmm. So I was I was planted in the house. And I look back and I'm like, wow, that was really God's mercy and His grace upon my life because now I, I had a church family. I had new friends. I had people, you know, all around me when that tragedy, you know, happened in my life. And, and I grew so much, you know, during that time because, you know, growing up in a Catholic home, you know, I, I knew all the rules, but I did not know much about a God who had a plan and a purpose for my life, a God who loved me unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those were all things that, that I had to learn and, and heal and grow. And I got to know a father. I got to know God as my father, as my husband, as my provider, wow. as my comforter. Mm-hmm. I got to know him in all those different ways. And, and, and he just ministered so much you know, through my life. And during that time, I felt a calling in my life. Life, but mm-hmm. I didn't know how it was going to happen. I didn't know, you know, how all these everything was going to fall into place. And four years later, my husband John came to the church. He came to speak at the church, and we were introduced. And we both had the same calling and the same passions. Yeah. And that's how God put us together. And a year later, we were married. And um, it's been thirty years now. And, you know, I always say he's like my Boaz. You Aww. know, because <laughs> you know God blessed me with an amazing man and. We were able to have three beautiful biological children where I remember a season where the enemy would tell me, oh, you're never going to have children. And I mm-hmm. loved kids. I mm-hmm. always loved kids. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I'm, I'm never going to have kids now. Mm-hmm. My life is over. But my life wasn't over, you yeah. know. And sometimes when a tragedy hits, it doesn't mean that your life is over. It just means that, you know, God is rerouting. You know, maybe that season is mm-hmm. over, mm-hmm. but your life is not over. Yeah. You <laughs> leaned into the church in, in yes. your darkest time. I think it's amazing yeah. that God will do a work um, for us that prepares us that for this impact that we're going to have on others. And Marissa, you know, what would you say to someone that might be listening who feels like their past eliminates them, their past is too broken, or their present is too difficult, or too young, too broke, 
to an experience? What Mm -hmm. would you share with them? Yeah. Well, you know, never too late for God. And God is in the business of restoring lives, you know, Mm -hmm. and and, and God loves that. Mm -hmm. God loves when we come to Him and and we bring our problems uh, to His feet. And Mm -hmm. He loves to to be there and be that comforter and that father Mm -hmm. to us. But I would say, you know, never think that God is giving up on you, no matter what you've gone through in life. And and I I think that um, you you really need to uh, buy some books. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> one that, that I would really recommend is Winning the War in Your Mind by Craig yeah. Crochelle, mm-hmm. which is an amazing book. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, start, um, re- you know, re- you know, replacing those thoughts that mm-hmm. are in your mind that, you know, you're not good enough or, mm-hmm. you know, you're too broken. Start replacing them with God's Word yeah. because mm-hmm. God's Word is truth. Yes. And everything mm-hmm. else, our emotions, our feelings, yeah. the things that happen yeah. to us, all those things, they're temporal, yeah. you know, but God's Word never changes yeah. and it's truth. And, yeah. and just really believe what God says about you, mm-hmm. you know, not what that. anybody else says or what your mm-hmm. circumstances say. Yep. Yep. Just know that, you know, when, when you're planted, when you're in the house of God, mm-hmm. blessings are going to follow. Yeah, I know, love that. And just stay committed. I love that. I mean, you're, it was your, you know, small step into a church mm-hmm. and then a small step of reading a book that is going to help you direct your thoughts to yes. be God's thoughts. And, and I, I think about, you know, one thing that we say around here a lot is the small steps you take today are going to determine the big stories you tell tomorrow. Yes, absolutely. Right? And it's amazing how we often forget that that one small choice of saying yes to the boy who pulled on the pant leg, you know, yes. or listening while you're sitting in a college classroom, right. in, a, in a college classroom where you're studying to be a teacher. But that small step is going to affect so many other choices. And, mm-hmm. and Natalie, your small step of obedience several years ago has led you to some really big God stories and experiences um, and experiences for you to see some stories tragic, hopeless stories be written by the power of God at work. And I'd love for you to share, you know, one of those stories about one girl that you've been able to see her story be rewritten. So we had one little girl named Sophia who was about seven or eight years old when she was rescued from human trafficking. And come to find out, it was taking place just minutes away from the home where she's now finding freedom. Um, And she was really young at the time. She didn't fully understand what was happening to her. But now as she's a teenager, little memories will come back to her. And through God's help, through prayer, through our team down there, through professional help, she is healing and she is growing and her story is being completely rewritten. If you guys met her today, you would never, ever know what she has walked through. She's now a beautiful young lady and she's studying. She's enjoying her life. God has done just a transformational work in her life. And it's just the beginning for her. Mm. We're so excited to see what God has in store. And I think there's so many examples in scripture of God rewriting people's stories. I thought about Hannah in scripture who desperately wanted a child and she was praying and asking God to give her a child and the community would actually ridicule and embarrass her because God had not given her a child and she cried and prayed out and seeked the Lord and God gave her a son and she named him Samuel which means God has heard. And what once seemed like the greatest disappointment in her life turned into just the greatest miracle and such a testimony for everybody in that community. And, you know, just as we've been talking um, this whole time, God uses our biggest hurts to Mm -hmm. show his great power and yeah. the work um, that he's doing in her, our lives as yeah. he rewrites our stories. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's amazing how you know God will use 
every part of our story. But sometimes he uses the most broken, painful parts to help to rewrite Mm -hmm. the story of someone else. And the great thing is, is that he wants to use all of us, right? Um, Not just Mm -hmm. full-time missionaries, Mm -hmm. isn't it? I mean, and not just full-time pastors. I think an obstacle that that I hear people face is that that they might say to the the, the three of us that I think it's great what you're doing, but I don't run an organization that rescues orphans, mm-hmm. or I'm not a pastor of a church. And what would you say to ladies that there are some there are some practical steps or practices that our listeners can put into place to live out this value of righting wrongs and rewriting mm-hmm. stories? Well, I think everybody is called. Mm-hmm. I right. think everybody's mm-hmm. called, and I think everybody has a testimony, and I think the word of our testimony is powerful. And I believe that we all need to share our testimony and, mm-hmm. and wake up in the morning and say, you know, who can I bless? today. And and when those thoughts come into your mind about I'm not good enough or mm-hmm. I'm too broken or whatever the situation, whatever that lie is, right. just remember living your life by a lie is a lot like believing the door is locked when it really isn't. Right. On the other side is freedom. Mm-hmm. And we just have to open mm-hmm. that door because there's the freedom. I love that. I love that. And I think too, God will lay specific things on our hearts. And when he does that, it's because he wants you to do something about it. And sometimes as people, we really can overcomplicate things when really all we have to do is the next right thing. And I think Mm -hmm. when all of us do that, when I do what God has called Mm -hmm. me to do, and when Pastor Julie does that, and when mom does that, when we all make that choice, Mm -hmm. amazing things happen for the kingdom of God. And I think just some practical steps that I would say even in my own life is get the right community. I Mm -hmm. think when I began to have the right community in my life, it changed my life. What you enjoy doing changes. Your joy becomes what brings God joy. And I said it earlier, finding my best friends here in the house has changed my life. Mm -hmm. And what what we consider fun is serving people, is helping people, is doing <laughs> things right. together. You know, the church did a—this yeah. is kind of funny. The church did a prison ministry event, yeah. and mm-hmm. someone asked a friend of mine and I, like, what's been your most fun day together? And we were like, that one day that we went to the prison. <laughs> and <laughs> But it, honestly, yeah. serving has mm-hmm. been such a joy, mm-hmm. and it all starts by getting in the right community. Yeah. And I think, you know how a lot of times people talk about being in the wrong place at the wrong time? Right. I think there's also a right place at the right time. And I think we can position ourselves Mm -hmm. in a place Mm -hmm. to be able to see Mm -hmm. the miraculous and to be able to see God rewriting stories and not only to see it, but to be a part. And I think as long as you're in the right place, the right time, you're serving, you're in the right community, God is going to use you to be a part of rewriting stories. I love that. I love what you said, you know, do the next right thing. Yeah. It's scriptural and it's great theology from Frozen too, right? Because they had a song about that. But I think about this, I think if you had not just shown up to church that day, yeah. we would not have met. And it was yeah. such a small step. And when you just show up. Yes. So girls, I just love this conversation. I love that our listeners now know you and understand why we love you and, and love our partnership together. So thank you for saying yes to writing wrongs and rewriting stories. And now I said I would come back to this question. Natalie and Maritza, I've shared my Spanx and jean jacket <laughs> moment. Um, do you have an embarrassing moment from a mission trip that you have led? I think, Natalie, you might have one. <laughs> oh, we have many. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) You know, Pastor Julian, your Jonah message, 
message you, said you didn't really love talking about vomit, but <laughs> most most yes. of our stories include some type of bodily fluid. And so we did have a dramatic experience and it was pretty bad. Um, but I don't know why in the moment, the first thing that came to my mind was just to tell the person, don't worry, this happens all the time. <laughs> when in reality, it really it was does pretty not. dramatic, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so now everybody won't let me live that one down. And yes. everyone just says it happens all the time. <laughs> That's when, right. When, yeah. It yeah. really does. Some things happen, but some things, so I love that. And so if you ever hear Natalie say it happens all the time on a mission trip, just know it's never happened before. It's never happened. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. I love this. Before we wrap all this up, you know, we have some amazing hermanas listening into to not just sisterhood right here in at Christ Fellowship, but all over the world. We have girls from Puerto Rico, from Spain, from Mexico, Honduras, yeah. Bolivia yeah. now, Argentina, yes. and Chile. But I would love for you ladies to share just a little word of encouragement with them. Yes, amen, amen. Hermanas, les queremos bendecir en el nombre de Jesús de parte de la pastora Julie Mullins y toda la hermandad aquí aquí en Christ Fellowship y recordarles que Dios tiene un gran plan y propósito para cada una de sus vidas, hermanas, y que no pierdan la fe, que igual que la historia de Ruth, el Señor todavía está escribiendo su, los planes de su vida. Así que acérquense cada día más al Señor porque Él tiene grandes cosas para ustedes. Acuérdense de Jeremías 29.11 y sepan que Dios tiene un gran plan y un gran propósito para sus vidas. Las amamos en el nombre de Jesús. Amén. Amén. Pastor Julie, I think it's really important that we all learn so good in Spanish. Yes, I am so <laughs> yes, ready to grow in my bilingual skills. So we have to say tan bueno. Tan bueno. So if I want to say so good, is it tan bueno? bueno. There we go. Okay. And we're we're waiting for our tan bueno sisterhood merch. Yes. It's coming soon. Coming soon to a pop-up shop near you. That's awesome. Well, tan bueno. Everything about this episode has been tan bueno. And I have loved diving deeper with you ladies today on how we can right wrongs and rewrite yeah. stories. So glad I got to be with you ladies right before you head out for this yes. summer and lead so many mission trips. And there's going to be a lot of information about Children's Impact Network and how you can partner with them in our show notes. And for all of you out there, thank you for listening today. Make sure you follow us on social media at at CF Sisterhood for updates and how you can be a part of writing wrongs and rewriting stories for women here in our community and around the world. Ladies, this has been incredible. Don Bueno. And I can't wait to connect with you next time. We're so glad you joined us today for the So Good Sisterhood podcast. For additional resources and show notes from today's episode, check out our website, sogoodsisterhood.com. Remember, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but He's always doing a new thing. What step are you going to take today so you don't miss out on it? If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend or just leave us a comment. We hope today's episode leaves you feeling so good. <laughs>